My name is Agape Timbela and this is Kolomas Lalele Season 1, Episode 7. And of course, the time is 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And yes, on Episode 6, I had an amazing conversation with Precious where she explained that the color of our skin um, is, is just as any color. Actually, she said that um, the skin color doesn't mean anything. We are all the same and we shouldn't demean one another and discriminate one another as because of the, of the color of our skin and today i've invited an amazing incredible um a brother of mine here from usa um likamalake gengu steph uzumaki and today he's willing to take us to the world where we want to belong as black people he's willing to pour out his heart and tell us more about black lives matter welcome to my show steph and you know what take your time and we are ready for you we are ready to, to, to listen to you and yeah, this is your moment. What does Black Lives Matter mean to me? So I was recently asked what Black Lives Matter means um, in my opinion on the movement. And I believe now that we are in a good place. I feel like this conversation is important to have. I feel like it's a conversation that matters. Um, and it's a conversation that people need to hear, honestly. I feel like now the world sees us, like they see black people. Um, they're able to see that our lives are not to be mistaken as something else and that people should finally acknowledge us as the human beings that we are because black lives in fact do matter. Um, so I found this question interesting because you know, it's not every day I get asked like what the movement means to me or like, what my opinion of the movement is. Um, but as a whole, I think the world finally sees us. I think the world is able to finally acknowledge us. And I think right now, like we're living in a time where people are tired of seeing other people get mistreated. So now we're seeing a sense of camaraderie, like on a large scale, whether, you know, no matter the country, we see people protesting for Black Lives Matter all over the world. Well, I don't know if people are still doing it, but Right after the death of George Floyd, we saw thousands and thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of people standing up for Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It shows us that we as people are still evolving. Um, we are coming a long way. And I think that's beautiful, honestly. But I would like to say the movement is more than just a phrase. The movement embodies the very essence of being unapologetically black and unapologetically bold. And what I mean by that is black people are reaching a point where we are able to say like, I'm here, I am black and this is what I am, this is who I am. You love my culture, you know, you see me, you see my skin, you see the beautiness in my skin, you see the boldness in my skin. Black is such a bold color, right? So people see us. Um, and I think the movement stands behind that and it embodies that. Like it embodies everything we are as people and everything we are as human beings. Um, it's a reminder to not fold to societal pressures, but to stand your ground and make your voice heard. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I feel like we're silenced or in a lot of ways, we are made to lessen ourselves in certain spaces just to fit the mode of society or 
to fit this idea of I'm not this aggressive black person that you've been taught to see or you know I don't all, all of us don't present this way but we should have never had to even have to lessen ourselves to even fit the mode of somebody else we don't go around asking other people to fit into a certain mode of how we see them so why are we working so hard to fit the mode of what society wants to see us and a lot of it goes back to like those issues with systemic you know um systemic racism and racism and just different things that we've been taught um different things that society has pushed on us to believe you know um so it's it's a it's deeply rooted in our communities is deeply rooted in our culture but i think that we're now at a point where we are overcoming that and we are saying fuck that we are here and we're not doing that shit no more you know and like people say in my generation you fucked with the last generation you know you you've got away with this for so many years and for so long we are sick of that shit our ancestors have fought for us to be here they fought for us to be equal and y'all are still not treating us like we should be treated so now we're we're speaking out and we're fighting back you know and we've been doing this for centuries but we're now at a point where we're speaking out and our allies are now speaking out with us loudly you know so it's it's a difference and i think i think if we keep this momentum it's going to keep going and keep growing and i think that's a beautiful thing to have um but the movement represents you know the idea that black is not just a staple piece to culture everywhere but the beginning the middle and the end so black culture is all around us right um and as we know the world loves our culture while not showing genuine appreciation to the bodies that create that very culture. So the world loves to like see our dances on TikTok. TikTok and you know, we see people like copying the dances and we see people listening to our music. People love saying nigga. People love saying the N-word, right? But people don't represent us and they don't stand up for us. They just stand up for our culture. You know, and they stand up for the things they want to do like oh we want to dance to this music and we want to listen to this song and we want to say the n-word but why right why should you get to do that and you don't even stand up for the bodies that create this or that have made this to be a thing you know so blackness has transcended amongst generations as black bodies built the entire country right so in america we know that black people built the country um Despite whether it was forced building or, you know, they did it on their own will, black people built everything we see. They built the White House, they built buildings, they've built infrastructures, they built the financial system in this country. Black people put their backs into building this country. Even when they wanted to be seen as equal, they still managed to somehow fight for their rights while being whipped and chained and shot with water hoses and bit by police dogs and abused we still fought you know but nobody acknowledges the fact that black people built this country they put their blood sweat and tears into this and they built this shit from the ground up right you know black women raised and breastfed notable leaders so back in slavery times black people were black women in particular let's let's admire the strength of black women they were literally, they had their babies snatched away from them and they were raising and breastfeeding the children of their fucking slave owners, right? How, how crazy is that? 
So a lot of the leaders in our country were actually raised by their black nannies. We ain't gonna call them nannies. They're black slaves. They were raised by their slaves. You know, but these same black bodies, like through their work, they generated wealth. They generated wealth for the country that now, you know, white people are still, they still living off of in some way, some shape, some form. Um, and I, I just, that just, it's mind boggling to me how white people can't see that. You know, um, it's, it's just crazy. And black people's lives have always been dis- diminished and ignored. Like gravel, you know, like, it's almost like we were not seen as, we, well, I'm not even gonna say it's not like we're not seen as equals, we, we weren't seen as equals. It was almost like we were seen as dirt, like, white people just felt like we were the dirt they walked on, you know, um, they saw us as beasts, they saw us as animals, um, there are books that talk about how when black, you know, when white people saw slaves for the first time, how, well, when they saw Africans for the first time, how they believed the Africans were so large and so well-built and so muscular, like, that they start comparing us to a beast. Like, what, what the fuck type of shit is that? You're gonna sit there and look at somebody, a whole culture and a whole human being, like, of people, and you're gonna call them animals. Wow. Right? Wow. Um, and what the Black Lives Matter movement does is it highlights the fact that black people are killed at disproportional rates um, compared to their white counterparts, right? So, too often are black bodies policed in cruel and unjust ways. You know, and we watch all of our brothers and sisters be slain by the hands of a system that wasn't created to protect us. A system that to this day still kills us, that still murders us, that kills our children, that kills our moms, our dads, our uncles, our brothers, our sisters, our grandparents. Like, it is a system, a system that over time has ruined our community. You know, it's pushed us to live in projects in food deserts where we don't even have basic needs, you know, to survive. It's just, it's absolutely crazy to me. Um, you know, the, just it's just, I, sometimes I just don't even have words or know how to put them in the correct words to even get this out. You know, imagine being raised under a system that teaches you that the only life that matters is the one of your white counterparts. And even more so, if that white body is a male, right? Because we know that white men are highly favored by social constructs. You know, a lot of the things we know were created by white men. And I don't mean like the small creations or like, you know, inventions, because black people created quite a lot. But I mean, as far as like the systemic issues of education and finances and the racial wealth gap, all of that was created to benefit white people and not us. It wasn't created for us. It wasn't created to benefit us so now we're still trying to play catch up on a system that has left us back for you know it's left us behind for centuries and how do you catch up to something that's left you behind right you know the system tells us that if you're too bold you're wrong if you're too loud you're wrong if you have a voice you're wrong if you live unapologetically you're wrong if you can think read and write you're wrong if you're black you're wrong 
Too often have black people been told to take the back seat and be patient while allowing others the time to do the right thing and to see if and only if society will finally see the beautiful masterpieces that we actually are as people, right? We hoped for one day to be seen as equals, but to this day we're not. We're still not equal. We're not equal at all, in fact. I mean, what is equality when it comes to putting a black life against a white life? What What is the actual equality? What does it mean? Inequality has often gone untouched when putting a black life against a white life, right? So, it's almost like black lives don't matter. But we know that black lives do matter. We matter so much. And imagine if the world didn't have black lives, where would the world be now? We built a lot of things, a lot of structures, a lot of infrastructures, a lot of systems. Where would the world be without us? You know, black people have attempted to thrive in a system where the inner workings were generated and crafted to only benefit the face of one man. And that man is the white man. The system was created to benefit them. You know, and the Black Lives Matter movement says, no, fuck that. The system needs to benefit us as well, and we're not going to keep dealing with that shit. Right? So, you know, over time, like, over the last couple of years, I'll say, especially while social media has become such a big thing, we watched countless black men and women lose their lives or get drunk, thrown in jail cells because of who they are. You know, and because we were always seen as less than. We were always seen as less than. And always seen as inhumane. Black people as inhumane? Seriously? <laughs> um, that's, that's just laughable. Um, I just... I'm going to even leave that alone. Because that's going to piss me off to even talk about right now. Um, the whole bestiality thing of black people. Like, my nigga, we are not fucking beasts. <laughs> like, we're not... You know, but throughout history, we've often been compared and described as these foreign objects, right? Living in this foreign land that were uncapped and lacked class, right? But how do you say somebody lacks class? And if you go back to ancient Africa, like, there were systems in place, which means that there was some type of class, right? Because class is a system, and a system is a class. They go hand in hand. So... No, we weren't never, we were never not of distinction and of class. Like, we just weren't where Europe might have been and how they wanted us to look and how they wanted us to be seen. Even when you throw in Native Americans, like, white people came to America and ravaged through Native American land. It's, if anybody was a beast, it was them. I mean, we can see that it's over the, over the world map when you look and how Europeans thought that they could just take anything they wanted, right? Um, so who's really the beast when you're looking at it? Because the beast to me takes things that don't belong to them. I mean, if you really want to go there, that only fits one certain type of people, right? So my question is, who the fuck told white people that they were the shit, right? And who told them that dark bodies were the problem? Were we ever really the problem? 
white people develop these self you know, idolized ideas that their shit don't stink. <laughs> and white was the only, only right way. But in reality, what does that even mean? Right? So you mean to tell me that because my skin's not white, that I'm not right? Yeah, nah, fuck that shit. I'm not going for that. You know? And imagine creating a system where people aren't supposed to question right from wrong, only to remain ignorant to pretentiously contradicting ideologies that ultimately led to those same people they wanted to control to a fault. You know, we've seen over time, like, you know, how black people pushed back. We were like, fuck that. We don't want to give in to your ideas. We don't want to give in to what you tell us. We don't want to have to listen to you or believe what you tell us about our history. You know, it's it's just sad that the world has made people believe that black is wrong and black is negative and black has all these negative connotations. And a lot of that even goes with what we see in movies with villains always wearing black, with black cats you know representing bad luck um black people being unkept and not having class it's like the whole notion of black was just taught to people to be negative you know and like after a while you start believing those things so of course like a lot of us have grew up with these ideas that we weren't good enough or that we couldn't reach a certain level a certain status because we were black and that's not true we can the only issue is that We've been put back so many years that we're still trying to play catch up. You know, and like I said earlier, like, how do you play catch up with a system that has, you know, for so many years fought to keep you behind? Right? And the Black Lives Matter movement basically says we're sick, we're tired, we're angry, and we've had enough. The Black Lives Matter movement challenges the system. It reminds people that they will no longer be able to get away with racist and prejudiced actions carried out against black people. We see you, we will expose you, and we're not tolerating your shit. You know, they attempted to control us and to diminish our lives for far too long. All over the world, black people have suffered at the hands of the oppressor. We were raised in systems never created to benefit us. So deeply rooted in systemic racism that that the only option at this point is to dismantle the system. It's to take apart the whole system and rebuild it. You know, there's so many things in inner workings written into bills and laws that the only way for you to actually overcome them is to get rid of them and start over. You know, the call to defund law enforcement is a voice that has gone, like, unheard for far too long. Why are we funding a system that is constantly killing people when it's meant to protect, you know, protect those that live in that very system? You know, the call to undo the entire system is to aim to rebuild the system to be more inclusive to the bodies that aided in building the system in the first place. I mean, a system was created basically on the backs of a certain a certain people, but yet it did never work to benefit those same people. Right? 
And the crazy part is, society has always been taught to fear us. Meanwhile, I myself have always been afraid of white people. And I'm not going to say it's a fear thing of like, I feel inferior to them. It's more like a, I don't know if this white woman's going to call the police on me today because she feels anxious that I'm in her space or in her so-called space. Right? Because I'm a black person that's bold and unapologetic. So because my space is so large, sometimes I intimidate other people, right? Which is those simple-minded white people who love to call the police on people like me. Or a white man that just one day feels like he doesn't like me because he's he has an anti-black agenda and he wants to end my life. So pow, I'm dead. And you know what the system does? The system protects him. Because yet again, I'm just another black life and my life doesn't matter. Right? I get anxious when I see police cars. Black police officers included. Like, I'm anxious when I see the police because I don't know if this will be the the one officer that's going to take my life just for me standing on the corner because he felt like he felt like in his mind I was loitering, right? And this issue has always stuck out to me because I'm the son of a law enforcement officer. Like my father was not only in the army he was a state police officer and he now works for the government right so i'm i'm the son of somebody who is a law enforcement officer but i'm afraid of the police and let that sink sink in for a minute right how does that work how can you be how can you be raised by a police officer and still be afraid of them that's wild to me that's crazy that's crazy as fuck even sitting here like thinking about that like it's it's just absolutely nuts to me i've been around so many police officers in my life and i'm still afraid to be near the police i'm still afraid for the police to look my way i'm still afraid for a white woman to say that i harassed her in public and all i did was say excuse me you just never know what's gonna happen that shit is crazy that's crazy as fuck you know growing up I was told about the injustices that often plague my community because my parents taught me about it. They taught me like, you know, they we had those conversations of, you're black, you need to be mindful of how you act, how you speak, what you do, what you're saying, the way you dress, the way your hair is, what type of piercings you have, where your tattoos are placed. Like, there were so many stipulations placed on my life as a kid, right? And this is... I mean, I started learning this at the age of eight because I have a brother that's 16. My brother was pulled over by the police because he was driving my mom's car one night. And because my mom drove a nicer car, the police were like, oh, he must be a drug dealer. You know, so the police pulled my brother over and harassed him, him and his friends, just for being a black male driving a nice car. And this is in the 90s. And the crazy part is the shit is still happening. We are now in 2020 and we're still seeing the same things happening. And this goes back to Rodney King and before him. The police were just, I mean, black people have suffered from police brutality for a long time. And the world can finally see it because we have social media to put it in people's faces. You know, I was told to don't do this and don't act like that. But meanwhile, doing and acting outside of myself created a rift of uncertainty. And it led to me conforming to the system. You know, I was to remember my place as a second-class citizen because 
Yet again, my life as a black man didn't matter. So schools in my community were underfunded and overcrowded in comparison to the schools located in other areas of the city. You know, white schools were always given more resources and better opportunities. And I learned more about this when I went to college and I was around white people and they were talk about the things that they had in school. And I would be like, well, we never had that shit. We never went there. We never got to do this. And I had to realize like it was because my school was mostly black. Like, because even growing up in Richmond and listening to other white people talk about their schools and what they did, my school was never given those opportunities. Even the schools that were in the same county as my school, we never were given the same opportunities sometimes, you know? And I'll never forget like traveling for track meets and band competitions and show choir competitions to you know schools that were majority white and being amazed at like what the schools look like in comparison to mine you know my school was like ran down and you know our books were terrible um it was like being in a different world you know in college i had to push against social constructs and the idea that i was you know um basically like being complacent in my silence you know while in the presence of others if I was too loud, I was ghetto. If I was too smart, I was a cheater. If I was too vocal, I was angry. If my hair or my beard looked a certain way, I was unprofessional. If I dressed a certain way, I was a thug. I was conflicted on how to act and how to represent myself as a black man. You know, because in the world, I was afraid that if I displayed my, too much of myself or too much of one thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be taken seriously. You know, people wouldn't take me seriously enough because I'm black. They would say, I was just another black man. He's just a little ghetto. He's just a little ratchet. He don't know any better. He from the hood. No. No, 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 no. I'm just unapologetic. I just speak African-American vernacular because I don't want to have to subscribe to your ideas that I have to speak proper in every element of my life. Right? You know? It's almost like my life was decided like for me of how I should be as a black man. You know, and a lot of the ways like I now live my life unapologetically is what the Black Lives Matter movement is a reminder of. It's for us to live unapologetically. You know, black people are multifaceted. We don't come in one way, shape or form. We are not to be labeled or placed in a box. We don't all look the same. We're not all the same. We are more than the images based upon the scheme that society has reinforced others to believe about us. We're not any angrier than any other race. We're not any less civilized than anyone else. We are who we are, beautifully intelligent, and organic representations of life. Somebody once said to me, like, black people are the same color as the roots that we see on trees. You know, and we know the trees grow and they give us oxygen when they grow and they build us and like we know to be connected to nature. And that's, I'm, it's always a reminder to me that black people are like nature, like we're everywhere. We're not going anywhere. We are a part of this earth. We have grown as a people to be a part of this earth like anybody else. We are organic in life. We're beautiful. Black is king, like Beyonce said, you know. We are true to this world because the color of our bodies come in many, you know, forms and variations like nature and the energy around us. You know, we fit that schema. We're here. Um, but a lot of the issues, you know, lie deep within the framework 
of society. So black people are still being taught about the makings of the system, only to learn that we've been taught a false history. We've been taught the history that was created for us to learn by yet again, white men. They wrote the history books and we've been learned to taught history how they want us to see it and how they want us to perceive it. We have to self-educate ourselves just to learn what our people did in history, you know? I'm still learning new facts about black people that I've never learned in school. I'm still learning new facts about Africa. I've recently even learned like my heritage tying me back to Africa. And to me, that was a beautiful thing because, you know, for a while, like I didn't know, I felt like I didn't know myself as a black man. My ancestry was ripped apart from me when my ancestors came over here and were slaves. I didn't get the chance to have like that connection to my African roots or my African heritage. But now like I know what countries my like my ancestors came from. It was Nigeria, it was Kenya, it was Sierra Leone. You know, I I have these beautiful pieces of me that I now can connect to Africa that I can visit and say this is where my people came from. You know, forced they were forced from these nations and you know, although that's a an ugly truth to accept, it's a beautiful thing because I now can see myself as a black person, right? Um, and that's a part of me finding out my truth about the U.S. still. Like, I have to research my own family's history through my DNA just to find out what type of history I have connected to me as a black person. You know, black people generated wealth. All the wealth we see around us, we generated it. You know, our ancestors worked hard, forcibly worked hard, but they worked hard. And I'm not going to diminish their work because, you know, although it was about force, if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't have the home that I have now. You know, white families have this wealth, right? They've had this wealth handed down to them generation to generation. The wealth that was created from enslaving others at the bend of their own will, right? And I mean, what the fuck did white men in history actually do other than feed off the backs of those who built their built their countries, right? What did they do? Because I forced us to work for them. You know, and I, I love the beautiful sights that I see now, but I just want us as black people to get more credit. And like, I want the world to say, oh, black people built that. You know, that's here because black people built that and that's why that's standing in that place right now. And if it wasn't for black people, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have this wealth. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing now, right? Imagine how contradicting it is to be a forefather of the U.S. and you're fighting against Britain for your independence while you still own slaves. But I'm going to leave that right there and I'm going to leave that alone because... People don't like to have that conversation of how contradicting their ancestors were when it came to fighting for their freedom. Right? Talk about some fucked up shit. Black Lives Matter is a reminder that black lives are beautiful. <laughs> you know. And it's a reminder to white people that their lives aren't the only ones that matter. Their lives were never better than our lives. It's a reminder that although you may try to erase us, demean us, or ignore us, we're still here. You can't get rid of us. We as a people have been here since the beginning 
of mankind and we will be here moving forward. To ignore inequality in the unjust system is to tell others their lives don't matter. This is the reason why we are where we are now. We act for change nicely. We marched for change. We wrote about change. We displayed the idea of change in movies, music, and other art forms. And yet things have been the same for generations and generations and generations and generations. And yes, of course, there have been minor changes that have occurred over time, but until we acknowledge the fact that the entire system is fucked up, what change are we really going to see? Right? Has change even made a difference? And these are the conversations we need to keep having. This is why Black Lives Matter the movement is such a beautiful thing because it makes people face those conversations and have those conversations about these things because they matter. We need to have them. We need to have them. I can't say that enough. And I'm going to leave off on these last few points. Laws were written to benefit white men and then later updated to supposedly benefit anyone else that doesn't identify or present as a cisgender white male. A lot of those changes have been seen as we the people are still fighting for equality and representation. Black Lives Matter is a part of the change that needs to occur. We the people are the ones who keep the movement alive. We're the ones fighting for it. And we're going to continue to fight against the system because ultimately our ancestors fed that system and they poured their blood, sweat and tears into that system. You know, they worked, they worked night and day, night and day, night and day. And they had a dream that one day we will be able to see equality and we're still not seeing it. And people love to say slavery was 400 years ago. Slavery was yada, yada, yada. It was this and that and that. But yeah, although it might have been so long ago, we're still suffering. We are still as a people suffering from the things that slavery left, that slavery left, look, excuse me, that slavery left behind, right? That enslaving black people left behind. We are still suffering from that. We're, Africa is still suffering from the colonization that Europeans placed upon Africa, broke that shit up, and just said, oh, I'll run this now. You don't run this. We see a lot of that. South Africa, you know, the West, like the West Coast of Africa, we're seeing it everywhere. Like, white people, like, just ransacked everything and destroyed it. And somebody asked me a question recently, like, where do you think... Black people will be now. White people had never done that. But I mean, and we, but, and I referenced, like, my friend referenced Black Panther, right? And we were telling my other friend, if you think about it, and then we'll be Black Panther, they never were enslaved, right? Black, white people never had the chance to go there and touch their land. And look how far it took them. Black Lives Matter movement is here. It's in your face, it's loud, it's bold, and it's not to be fucked with. And I don't say that lightly. I say that for people to tread lightly. Because we sick of y'all. We sick of the shit. We not doing it no more. And I'm going to leave off on this note. 
The change starts with us. Right? And like Nelson Mandela said, it always seemed impossible until it's done. Black Lives Matter too. Wow, Balelemaka, that was Steph. Wow, that was amazing, man. Thank you for coming on the show and pouring out your heart. That was so amazing. Wow. Uti Steph, no matter what you can do, demean us or whatever that you are doing, thinking that you are trying to drag down the black skin. We are here. There's nothing you can do. Nomongendani, we are here. That's what Steph is saying. Thank you so much, man. You know, that was the end of our episode. And thank you, Balale Makai, for listening. And we've come to the end of hashtag Black Lives Matter. And I'm hoping to see you on the next episode. That was amazing. That was amazing. I really appreciate for the fact that um, the, the, the guests who were talking about hashtag Black Lives Matter, they were so true to themselves. They were so true. They even related to their reality. There's nothing that is incredible like that. Um, let us take care of one another of one another and not try to demean each each other in whatever that we are doing to try and drag down um each other um see you on the next episode